Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Podcast. Read the podcast with your host, my guy. And just like that, I'm back with a brand new episode. This is the Rejunk Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Kremko. Hope you had a chance to listen to the Cooley Ranks episode and the Chris Malone episode the last few weeks. Sorry about the audio issues with the Cooley episode. Uh, it was a little bit off, and it gave off this like kind of echo, kind of matrixing kind of sound. And uh, I think it's because we had three microphones in my apartment, and then by doing that, the echo just like became too big and I couldn't fix it. I, I tried every way to fix it, but anyway, you, you know, Biggie, you get the gist of it though. Um, so this Friday, July 19th is Radic Fest featuring Pilfers, Mephiscopheles, Spring Hill Jack, Hub City Soundfers, Rubo George, and Sergeant Skagnani. It's at Gramercy Theater and it's going to be awesome. And I'm sure you're probably like, okay, we know already, but I'm just telling you one last time, you know. Um, it's going to be really hot out, so be prepared for that. And it's also going to be six bands, so prepare for that as well. Get a good night's sleep, drink some coffee, Red Bull, something to keep you going because it's going to be going on till probably past midnight. If you're a fan of the site and the podcast, be sure to come up and say hi to my, my brother and I. Give us a happy birthday. Uh, we'll obviously be there taking pictures all night long, enjoying the concert. Since we, I've been working on this thing behind the scenes since January. So really looking forward to this. But for this episode is with Travis of Hub City Stompers, one of the bands that's playing Radic Fest. I've been trying to schedule something with Travis for a while now. Nothing like cramming for a test and doing this the week of the show, but whatever. In this episode, we talk about Radix Fest, of course, his introduction to Scob and Punk, going to shows at City Gardens in Trenton, joining Inspector 7, starting up Pub City Stompers, how Inspector 7's cover of One Step Beyond ended up being in a Wolf of Wall Street, and lots of other things. Thanks for Travis for making the time, and so here's my chat with Travis. Um, yeah, so my, my site did an interview with you last year, uh, but that was with my friend Joe, so I mean, I didn't get to interview interview you, so it's all right. <laughs> all good. Yeah, so we're here to really talk about Radix Fest, which is happening on Friday. Um, yeah, so it's I can't wait. It's with all the with all the hoopla and everything going on. I'm just like kind of waiting for it to be over. And what do you mean by hoopla? I wonder. I don't know. I don't... <laughs> Define hoopla. Uh, I think I think I know what you mean. But... Yeah, drama. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> Well, there's good hoopla going on about it as well, um, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, happy birthday to you, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just wanted like a four band show, and then we wanted originally in TNEC, and then and then they didn't. I don't know. I guess you you, you and Meth played there a couple of weeks ago, so it's yeah, that wouldn't have worked out, I guess. Anyway, but um, yeah, <laughs> or at least one of the shows wouldn't have worked out. But um, um. But yeah, I mean, I know it originally started as a, a, a birthday show idea and kind of evolved. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's like we were like we were all talking amongst ourselves and then Cooley came on and then I'm like and then I've, I was like, all right, well, Cooley's kind of taking the ball with it. And then he's like, oh, yeah, mess playing. Oh, yeah. Spring Hill Jack's playing. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> we're having six <laughs> bands now. I'm like, all right, let's give me I'm going to definitely have to do coffee and a nap. Yeah. It turned into a wonderful thing, though. You yeah. Know? It's a good birthday show. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's happened on Friday. You're you have like a special guest or something you're playing with? Well, um, Rob Tierney from the New York Citizens will be joining us for a tune. Oh, yeah. Um, a New York Citizens tune. Um I I had heard talk that um and the New York Citizens were one of my my favorite bands when I uh was on the other side of the stage as a youngster mm -hmm. uh going to shows. Um I used to love the the New York Citizens. Um, but, um, and, and, uh, and, and, and what they were before the New York citizens, but, um, I've heard rumblings that, uh, he might be reforming something that kind of combines all the, all the work he's, he had done back in the nineties and in uh, late eighties, um, which would be a wonderful thing. I don't know. I have to talk to him about that, but we're, we're going to do a, uh, a New York citizen song with him. We had already covered, um, D-A-N-C-E. Uh, we've been covering that. We did it at uh, Supernova last year and been covering that for about a year, year and a half, I guess. Um, but we'll be doing a, a different one. I won't say which one, but we'll be doing a different Citizen Songs oh. with him taking the helmet vocals. So uh, <laughs> that'll, 
that's going to be pretty awesome to share the stage with him. And and the guy from Sunseed, it's going to be there with Root Boy George. That should be fun. Yeah, they so they had um, they had performed uh, they had performed that song with him uh, <laughs> over in England about yeah. half a year ago at the at uh, the big one seven, I believe it was over there in the pool. Specialized, yeah, for specialized and uh, and so uh, that's I, I love that they're getting to do it in New York City, and uh, so it's 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 amazing. Everyone seems to keep um, I can't say rediscovering. That that video, that song, uh, Jesus is a friend of mine and Sonsi, it keeps popping up uh, yeah. randomly, like every few years, be like, oh my God, look at this. It's a ska song. And it's like, weird. I swear it was a few years ago, I, it was a, it was a thing. And a few years before that, it was a thing. And it keeps recycling. It's, it's, it's People keep discovering it. It's funny. It's definitely the definition of like a viral video because it just keeps spreading and spreading. And it's like Ska Punk Daily on Instagram posted it the other day. And everyone's like, what is this song? It's like, haven't you seen this shit for like 10 years? <laughs> no, apparently not. I keep yeah. seeing it on boards and all that. Um, and as much as, as amazing as it is that he'll, he'll be performing with them, I... Um, it's it's actually not the first time that's happened. I have to give credit to uh, Tri-State Conspiracy. Okay. Uh, you know, the New York Scott band, uh, Tri-State Conspiracy. I mean, they haven't played in, in some right, time. Yeah. But, um, okay. But they did it with him, I think it was about 10 years ago. I think at, it was on uh, YouTube, yeah. They used to put on, uh, Tri-State Conspiracy would put on these, uh, I think it was a monthly, monthly shows down at uh, Bowery Poetry Club across from CB's. Okay. And um, we did one of them, I remember. But um, at one of them, the dude, it was, I think I'm pretty sure it was the first time outside of that video that the dude had performed that song and he got up with uh Tri-State Conspiracy and uh and uh they they did the jam. It was, it was I couldn't believe it. I was so jealous. <laughs> I was like, man. Was, was Jenny on stage it. when they did that back Not then? the original time, no, it was oh, Meg. Oh, oh right, Meg. Okay. I'm like getting getting the Root Boy George crew mixed up. <laughs> Yes, yes, it was uh, the the former singer of Rupert George yeah, May yeah. was on stage. But yeah, well, yeah, that should be. So that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that too. And I was I was just looking at my photos, and I remember you guys were supposed to the four of the bands that are playing Radix Fest. You guys were supposed to be playing the Chance on twenty in twenty fourteen, and then that show had some drama too because it was supposed to be canceled the last minute, and then ended up just being the Pofers and Hub City Stompers playing because it was supposed to be meth and then Ruboy george and then everyone just like dropped off because there was like l- low ticket sales or something because something like that i yeah. forget i i can't i'd have to look at the, the text thread from from back then but um, i remember cool he's like all right the show's not happening okay now the show's happening <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what it, maybe that's what it was <laughs> it was canceled and then uncanceled and then uh, but we we stayed on we yeah. decided to, to stick with it and you know it was the most packed show in the world, but uh, it was it was still a good showing and it was fun. And, yeah, uh, it's it's still got like a hundred something people in it. It's yeah, it, no, it was cool. Got some good pictures from that night too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were just out west, right? Uh, back in like May or something like that. We did a whole West Coast tour. May we started in the Pacific Northwest and ended in the Southwest. We uh, started up in uh, Tacoma, and then. Um, we did uh, Tacoma, Portland, um, Eureka, California, uh, Sacramento, San Francisco, uh, Pomona, um, wow. San Diego, Las Vegas. So it was like two and, weeks. And then we ended it in uh, Phoenix. Okay. I don't think. I, th- I hope I didn't leave out any. I think that was everything. <laughs> uh, it was about ten days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It was. It was. It was. A, it was a good one. We hadn't. We hadn't done one like that in a, in, a, in a while. We you know usually fly out and. You know, maybe do long weekenders or something like yeah. that in, in one of our stronger markets. But we was like, you know what? It's been a while. Let's do a let's do a doozy. And it was great. It was a great tour. It was one of those tours that that you shouldn't take for granted. <laughs> it was uh, it was really good. It, uh, every show was was good. You know, con- considering you know, like I'm, you know, oh, Monday night in Sacramento. That's not going to be so. You know, yeah. But it was actually it was they they were all good. They're all they're all decent showing shows. You know? It's it seems like the West Coast the people come out more for them than the east coasts but i guess it depends on the area i mean i say that but who knows if you're a band you know out there who plays the same area a lot or something i don't know maybe maybe you do or don't draw or maybe people are as fickle as they are out here i'm not sure yeah but we always have a great showing out there i mean I, we love that's why we love playing out there there or texas florida midwest um but is it because maybe it's because we only get out there you know once a year or twice a year or whatever yeah. you know who knows you know and uh, in jersey it's like oh i'll see them you know next, next month, month. But, next i'll see yeah. any other month yep, yep. <laughs> mm. 
knows? Do you notice any difference between like the West and East Coast like crowds or the band quality or anything like that? Or not really. I mean, um, it's hard again. It's hard. It's hard to make a judgment when you're when you're only out there, you know, once or twice a year. I mean, I could easily say like, oh, it's great. It's you know, but um, but if I was, who knows? Maybe they complain about their scene out there, you know, as well. Um, The band quality, it's. There's a, there, well, it's Cali. There's, there's still a lot of bands in Cali. Yeah. Um, and it's odd. I mean, it's like, you know, Oh, we're all the sky bands in New Jersey. I you used to be able to not even be able to think of them all. And I was like, Hmm, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's odd. It's a, uh, it's odd compared to, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, where it's just, you, 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 you couldn't even, you could, you could rattle them off for a, for a half hour. And now it's like, you can count them on your hand. So it's like, I don't know. Does that say the Jersey scene sucks? What does that mean? You know, I don't know. It's just a normal wax and wane of underground music. If you ask me, you know? Yeah. It just, I, I really hate the shows where just no one shows up. It's just us and the band and the other bands that are playing. And it's just so, I don't know. I don't know. I want the crowds to be a little more coming out than they, they have been in the past, I guess. I don't know. It's, I guess it depends on the scene though. It's the same thing with like New York sports. It's like rebels, no one shows up some half the time because there's like 50 other teams in the same towns. I guess it's the same thing with music. Well, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, Philly, New Jersey, New York, there's, you know, always someone, the, the people who tour and don't, don't miss this area. And there's always something going on and plethora of shows. And, yeah. um, I make jokes when I'm on the road called jaded jurors, you know, <laughs> <laughs> spoiled jaded jurors. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I I really can't complain too much. We we we, I mean, we as you know, HCS, we get we get enough love out here, as well, obviously, and yeah. it's where it all started. So yeah, I don't have anything to complain about really. Um, so I mean, are those tours, those long tours, fun to do still? Or I mean, do you have any like drama or anything with that, or any mishaps on the road? It, or it it been a while, and I I'm not gonna lie, I was I was nervous, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what, what was I, I wish I had the uh, other uh, six parts of my of my memory here, the other HCS members to remind me when the, the in their mental documentation when the last tour of that length was. They could probably tell me in, in two seconds, but um, but it'd been a while. Um, so I had several concerns just about yeah how it was going to go uh, monetarily, draw my voice. Was that going to last the whole freaking time? I mean, typically. Um, in tours past, I had this weird cycle where I'd make it through the first three shows and then show number four, which was typically on a Monday, was always the doozy. It was always uh, my voice would just tank. Um, thankfully, it was a Monday night and there usually weren't a lot of people there to, to witness it. And and then Tuesday it would slowly start to come back when, you know, by Wednesday it was back and I'd finish out the rest. But it was always that, that little dip. Well, you got um, other singers in a band, so you at least can fall back it, on it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, that didn't happen this tour. I don't know why it took me, you know, uh, 25 years of, of uh, being in a band to uh, <laughs> to figure out uh, how to not have that happen. You know, a little uh, you know hydration and 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 enough rest and uh, you know uh, moderate the alcohol and uh, mm. you, you know uh, work. You know, don't if the sound isn't ideal, don't don't overblow your voice and you know all these things you got to just keep conscious of. And and uh, I made it through the tour. Do you um. So, I mean, so being behind the scenes of like the Radix Fest stuff and like, and just how much work it is to put on one show. I mean, how does one put a big tour together like this with like everyone's job schedules? Like how does everything align like that? Well, yeah, you start, if you're doing a tour of, of this length here, you start figuring it out about a half year ahead of time, you know, Mm -hmm. particularly with your own band members. Once I get everyone on board, then it's just a matter of, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I've uh, over the years and, and through um, through other people as well uh, that I've that I've learned, uh, you know, tour booking and management from um, it's uh, everything else falls into compl- into place. You know, you, you, uh, you start lining up the, the shows, the vehicle, the finances. It's just uh, there's like a kind of a usually a priority order. But, you know, it's it's it's, it's tour booking. So it's it's kind of all over the place sometimes. But um but it all falls into place. But uh, I've I've learned tricks over the over the years from uh, you know the likes of uh, Will, William Wilkie, who uh, was uh, Mephistopheles. Uh, he was, wasn't just her 
merch guy. He was also their their, their tour manager. And when uh, we started touring in Inspector Seven, uh, he he went on a couple of those with us. And I watched and learned from him. I got to cite him as a, a source. And, Is that the um, guy that's been in? Like, I see him at every. He was at every ska show. It seemed like doing merch guys, and then he was working for like No Effects and stuff too. Maybe. Yep. Yep. Okay. I just didn't know his name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he wound up working. Yeah, he wound up doing merch for No Effects and a bunch of other uh, larger okay. bands. Okay. Definitely, that's that's Willie Wilkie. Um, but uh, so yeah, when I and in, in uh, Inspector Seven, we we went through one or two, you know, booking agents. HCS has never had a booking agent. I've just done it all myself the whole time. I just figured, ah, I know what I'm doing. I, you know, learned enough lessons from my, you know, the i seven and just kind of, you know, i seven wasn't wasn't touring anymore. When uh, when HCS formed, so I was doing started doing HCS tours. I think 2005 was was the first we formed in 02, but we started really touring in 05. So, mm-hmm. and I, and I uh, you know, it was a little rusty, but but uh, I've, I've I've gotten pretty decent at it, figuring it all out. And most of the tours have been pretty good, and not so disastrous. So that's always a plus. <laughs> you know, nothing's nothing's coming out of anyone's pockets, and you know, so it works out. Yeah. Um- so I wanted to kind of go through just like early stages of, you know, your music career and, and stuff like that. But how did you get into ska and like reggae and punk rock? Like what was your introduction to those kind of stuff? Well, my initial introduction was, um, was, uh, noises, uh, blaring out of my older brother's room <laughs> from his, his boom box, yeah, his, same here. Du- his dual cassette, uh, dual cassette, uh, boom box there. Um, he he got into punk in the the early '80s. He was uh, I guess he was probably in uh, late middle school, high school, and I was in late grade school, maybe approaching middle school. And um, uh, I'd, I'd hear this, uh, you know. I mean, I was already into. I would always like you know rock and stuff. I, I I didn't somehow didn't grow up listening to you know I don't know. We sing silly songs and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I liked Kiss in second grade, and I was Ace Freely actually for Halloween in 1978. Nice. But um, <laughs> um, you know, the Stones were my favorite band in in, in fourth grade. I went to uh, the uh, Tattoo U tour when it came through Philly in uh, was that 81. And then no um, <laughs> they've been on so yeah, many tours. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was September 81, JFK JFK Stadium. Well, what it was then, it what used to exist as JFK Stadium. Is that in Jersey City? No, it's in Philly. Oh, Philly, Philly. Okay. And um, I'm trying to think of another one. Yeah. So you know, and I, I was into you know rock and stuff and stuff on the radio um, already as a kid. And then when I heard the stuff, you know, Husker Du and Black Flag and Specials and English Beat and whatnot blaring out of his room, I was like, "What is this?" So when he would leave, of course, because he, you know, God forbid, I go and actually ask him and, and yeah. disturb him, I would sneak into his room and. and and play his tapes and be like, wow. And so that's when I started actually, you know, discovering the music. And then, uh, you know, friends of mine, I found like-minded people in high school, friends of mine, you know, around my, uh, suburban town that, that were into it. And, and then, uh, when my parents got divorced, my father moved to Trenton and there was, uh, you know, uh, he eventually, uh, settled on, in, uh, on, on Bellevue Avenue in the West Ward. Which was a not so far jaunt from a, a club called City Gardens. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. And uh, so, um, I was really into the music, but I didn't really, I didn't go to an actual, what I considered a real punk show, um, until 1987, I believe it was, and it was Fishbone. Nice. It was my first show, and that was it. That was the end. That was that's City Gardens became my new home, and then. Uh, you know, discovering other scenes like the New Brunswick, New Jersey scene, um, and New York City. Of course, that was I was I was on the train a lot and on the uh, Northeast Corridor line and and catching every show I could and just get, and got enveloped in the whole the whole music scene there. That's funny that Roger, yeah, Rogers uh, from Rubo George, he said that um, the Fishbone was his first concert. I think it was in Newark, though. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know we had that in common. And then he's like, yeah. And someone said, though, that he thought he was in the band and he kept going, kind of going along with it because he was like the only black guy there. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Naturally. <laughs> he must be in the band. He's black, too. Yeah. Um, well, when I had them, I had I still had the uh, I believe I had the the Frohawk 
uh, going on by then. Did I have the Frohawk by that point? Yeah, I probably did. Uh, so who knows? I'm surprised people didn't people didn't think I was in the band as well. Um, I read I read the book uh, No Slam Dancing uh, about City Gardens a couple of years ago, and you were in there a few times. I think were you banned or something? Was did I read that or someone was banned? A lot of people were banned from City Gardens. <laughs> I, I I eventually became one of them. Um, uh-huh. I. Uh, you know, a lot of people I knew or had been banned earlier for year, years earlier prior to that. I didn't get banned until uh, I believe it was April 1994. And uh, ironically enough, I believe it was the night after uh, Inspector Seven <laughs> had played there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, we were, you know, young, rambunctious and skinheads and all kinds of shenanigans going on in there. Um, it just the, 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 the funny irony is the night I got banned, I actually didn't lay a hand on anybody. Um so go, 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 go figure. Um, <laughs> but, um, the night prior was, uh, oh, what was it? Was that the, oh, I'm trying to remember the show was, was that the Spectre seven bigger Thomas voodoo glow skulls or some ska show we played. Yeah. Well, I remember it more distinctly because I, I, speaking of uh, acts of violence, I actually wound up, um, swinging on the, um, the trumpet player from Voodoo Glow Skulls um, <laughs> back at the time. I didn't know them back then, obviously. We're, we're all buddies now, but, um, well, he's not in the, he hasn't been in the band in years, yeah. but uh, this fellow was uh, during the Bigger Thomas set. Um, I guess Bigger Thomas was headlining because I think it was us, VGS, and then Bigger Thomas. Um, and um, the dude kept flying off the stage doing crazy uh, stage dives and stuff. And, uh, but, you know, and it was just fine to, to Voodoo Glow Skulls, you'd expect that, but the bigger time is not so much. And, uh, I think the third time he went flying off, he caught her friend Deirdre in, in the head with a knee. Oh, and, uh, and that was that all the, well, it was 1994 by then. So it was more the, a newer generation of, of Trenton skins, um, younger than, than the ones I actually came up with where they, they started jumping them and going after them. And me and one of the bouncers were actually trying to, you know, get them out of there and, and, and pull everybody off of them and stuff. And so we pull everyone off and peel everyone off him and his adrenaline must've been going. Cause he just got jumped by like six dudes <laughs> and, and, and he stands up and after we save his ass, he turns around, he clocks me right in the jaw. And, and it's just, you know, he didn't know who was saving him and who was, who was, you know, who was fighting him. So I just looked over to bouncer and the bouncer kind of like looked the other way and let me do my thing. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they, uh, then he got tossed out. And then uh, the Voodoo Glosco guys—they were—they were ready to roll, man. They were knocking on the side of the of the of the City Gardens uh, exit, the exit to the parking lot, and they were like, the, there was like three bouncers at the door, like keeping us from them. And they were re- they were ready to throw down, baby. They were they were, they weren't Scott Dork punks, man. They were they were ready to they were ready to go. <laughs> um, and it was just funny. Then years later, you know, I seven played with them, and I and I recounted the story with. Uh, you know, Frank and, and he's like, Oh yeah, I remember that. And <laughs> we were all buddies after that though. It was just, it was a funny night. And that was the next, but I had nothing to do with me getting banned. It was the next show. I, we weren't playing. I was, it was a life of agony show. And, and uh, I believe sheer terror was opening up and I didn't even, I was never been a big life of agony fan. I went to see sheer terror actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and but for some reason I wound up dancing the life of agony and that's where this brouhaha broke out where where I wound up getting banned oh okay and uh I have the scar on the back of my head from that very night um (laughs) beer bottle or no the floor the floor (laughs) I was dancing I was in like mid jump in the pit and 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 someone did a WWE move on me literally just kind of lifted me up and slammed my head back down on the floor and uh (laughs) <laughs> and uh low well, like it says in the book i i went and uh i got up the ceiling spinning put my hand in back of my head there's a whole bunch of blood there and i was just like all right who did this man who did i'm looking around and my friends are like yo man your head's like split open you better go back you know you know get this taken care of and i was like nah i'm gonna find who did this and i was i was like thought better of it you know i usually didn't think better of much back then but uh i had a moment of, of logic and clarity and I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go get this looked at, and so my brains aren't leaking out of my head or whatever. Who knows what's going on? And then so all my friends were, of course, asking me, who did this? Who did that? And I was like, oh, that guy over there. I'll I'll see him later. Blah blah blah. Well, they didn't wait. They set it off. I was in the parking lot waiting to go get my head stapled up at the hospital, and uh, 
and pretty much half the club jumped him. It was just the wrong night, wrong night for him to, you know, but I guess because I like pointed once or twice or something, the owner said I incited a riot. <laughs> and I'm like, this is ironic of all the crazy acts of violence I committed in that place. You were probably cussed a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying I found it ironic that the night I don't lay a hand on anybody is the night I get banned. All the things that I've done in that inside that building, which I never really got in trouble for. And then that night I get banned. But hey. You know what? I guess it was it was a long time coming. But then uh, the club closed about a year later. I think 95 is when they officially shut yeah, down. Yeah, it was time, before so. my time, right before my time, because I started going to shows like 96, so I never yeah. ventured down. The, I probably wouldn't venture down to Trenton anyway, but yeah. like New York City was like, as I had to beg my dad, can we go to see Skank and Pickle at Wetlands? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I was going to New Brunswick and New York a lot more by then anyway, and I was already in Inspector 7. I You know, mm. at that point, I, I joined Inspector 7, uh, well, when they first started calling themselves Inspector Seven at like end of ninety three, beginning of ninety four. So. so it was like Agent eighty six or something like that. <laughs> yeah, started out Agent as uh, Agent eighty six in in nineteen ninety two, um, and uh, they were just friends of mine. I was I was thrilled that there was another uh, ska band in New Jersey. Um, Bigger Thomas was the only one, I guess, at the pretty time. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, at that time. Um, and I loved Bigger Thomas, but I, I mean, you know, she, listen, any. It's underground music, you know. Any any band that's playing the, the stuff you're into, you, you'd be thrilled. So they would uh, practice down in the basement of uh, 106 Welton Street, which was known as the Gingerbread House. Okay. And uh, I would go and attend their practices, and you know, oh, when they play, when they play, when they play, I would, and I was a avid avid uh, friend and fan, and show up and act like a drunken buffoon at their shows, and and. Uh, Support. They were, uh, yeah, they were. So they were. Uh, Ninety-two. They were called Agent A Six. Ninety-three. They were called Crash Bars. And uh, the uh, kind of side uh, co-front man toaster guy was a guy named Jeff Silverman. Okay. And uh, I think he left the bands in maybe fall of of ninety-three. And then around that time, maybe December ninety-three, they is when they were changing the name to Inspector 7 and they were saying, hey man, you, why don't you, what about you? Why don't you join the band? I was like, Pfft. that's the other funny thing is that um, the promoter at City Gardens at this 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 club I was talking about, he he, he had always said, oh, Travis, you and uh, my friend Alex Franklin, you, you should start a, a ska band. I was just like, and I came up as a New York hardcore dude. I was like, I like ska and I like punk and everything else. And, but hardcore was my main thing. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do a ska band. Why don't we get, get out of here? And then, so it was, and it was funny. It was end of 93. They're asking me to join uh, what was now called Inspector 7. And like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to replace Jeff. You do pick it ups and this and that. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to be the flavor flavor of ska. You know, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I stand up there, pick it up, pick it up. Like, no, I'll pass. And like, nah, you can, you know, write your, write your own songs and this and that. They gave me more of an involved role. And uh, that probably might have scared me more, but. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I sat in a couple practices. Um, I wrote some lyrics. I added whatever, and it it actually, you know, felt good. And then I believe my first show with them was that winter in the at the uh, Melody Bar, I believe, in New Brunswick. And it it felt good and uh, worked. And the rest is history. They got me into this shit. So. It, you're kind of in a way you kind of have a similar uh, path than like Henry Rollins in Black Flag because wasn't he a fan and then he become, became the singer of the band? Yeah, there's a few stories like yeah. that. You yeah, know? It was, you know, it, you know, um, I was again, I was, I wasn't just a fan, but I was, I was their friend. You know, was, yeah. you know, my friend. Uh, I knew, I knew uh, Scucci, uh, Eric Schroeder. I knew him from the City Gardens day. You know, uh, I knew Giuseppe from the the Shore scene and. I knew well Quincy. Quincy, I knew from the from the New Jersey scene as well. Quincy had already, I already uh, was familiar in France with him. So I mean, Stephanie Lander, I was, I was already friends with them. I already knew these people um, from the New Brunswick scene. You know. So did you guys have a lot of songs before you your, your first album on uh, on Radical Records or what? Yeah, it's like some well, demo what tapes. Or? There's other yeah. There's I mean there's you mean different songs or like yeah, like different songs are the same ones. Or? There was some. There was there's some that didn't make the make it onto the infamous, you know, um, you know, well, we had a, a trombone player called uh, named Johnny Lou and we had a song about him called the Johnny Lou. It was really, you know, basic, uh, three chord thing, but it was fun. Um, song called lemonade, uh, which was an instrumental. Um, 
and that was that was written before uh like i said it probably in the in the agent 86 crash board crash bar days um you know so there's maybe three or four songs that uh didn't really uh this we some of them we we kept playing in the in the i7 days but it it didn't make the cut onto uh onto the infamous it how did, died. How did died. the record label um it, like reach out to you guys like how to, how did that well it was the mid 90s man sky was a thing you yeah. know sky you know so labels were starting to to grab it up so we we were approached by both radical records and moon records um and we were debating between the two we were obviously we were leaning towards moon Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, um, then we felt slighted by moon though. We, uh, moon had a, uh, they had moon records and they had, um, oh, Ska satellite, satellite right. which they started as their, their new label for up and coming bands. So you don't want to be on the same label as Endless Goldfish. Is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> it's just that, I don't know. We were like, we understand we, you know. Up and, we were like up and coming. We we've been up and coming for five years, you know. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, come on, right? How come you are from the Scoidats Moon, who had been around uh, not as long as I seven, yeah. Um, but you're offering us Scott Satellite, and I don't know. We, we we felt slighted, so so we went with Radical, which. Were you guys know. the first ska band on that label? Because it seemed like it was a lot of punk, hardcore, oi, oi kind of stuff. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they had the I oi mean, scomp. I, the, the the blanks were on, and um, but there were a lot of these bands signed around in the same you know two three year period though. You know, okay. blanks and the booked and and uh, some machine and um, but yeah, oi compilation was really the big uh, you know. Uh, I mean, that was all, all the OIS compilations, the three, we were on all three of them, but that was technically before we did a, a, a full length album. We didn't do, the infamous was 1997. Right. And OIS compilation, uh, the first one was 94. Um, and then Scalloween, that one was, what was that, 95, 96, something like that? Yeah, it was 95, 96, yeah. And then, um, and then the third one, which was uh, recorded up in, uh, in Connecticut at a, at a fest up there, that was uh, 96, 97, so. Featuring so Cooley, we we'd already been. With, oh yeah, say, that's right. Yeah, Cooley was on it with the white Dennis with the blonde hair. hair. Yeah, blondes have more fun. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I mean we'd worked with them and we'd done a lot of shows and stuff with them and we'd had a good relationship with them. Um, and uh, but we again we'd worked with Moon as well. So it's just you know, and you know in retrospect sometimes we're like oh we should have gone with Moon and blah, blah blah. But again we you know we wanted to be on Moon you know. Do you think the band's path would have been different if you went on Moon? Or? In some ways, yes. Some ways, yes. Some ways, no. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, it was a, it was crazy. It was like a, like a big, overcrowded party back then with all, all the ska bands around and and everything going on. It was it was nuts. So in a way, I kind of liked that we were on a label that wasn't all ska. Yeah. I mean, we 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 were because we were a band that didn't play. You know. You, even to this day with HCS where we don't play with just all ska shows. We, we even prefer mixed bills, truth be told, you know, I mean, our influences are all over the place. So it makes sense. You know, we have hardcore influence and OI influence and punk influence and hell, even hip hop influence. So, um, you know, it was cool to be on a band and, and tour with other punk, you know, like that submachine we, that year we toured with uh, submachine in the book. That was, that was a great tour. That was, I, that was like ideal punk OI ska boom. Exactly, exactly what I wanted. You can get Scott out after a while. There's too many Scott bands on the bill. Yeah, I'm saying here and there, great, you know. Yeah, yeah. but it's just, it just, it, it doesn't. I mean, I think it. I think people in, it's all, it all comes from punk rock. I understand ska, original real ska was around before punk, but without that revival, without two tone and everything that happened after, it, you know, that that's that's related to punk rock, and 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 a lot of people wouldn't know what what ska was. So. Um, linking the the various genres is is a good idea and again even with you know back with i7 we had different you know that boy and you know slight hardcore and, and punk influence uh just with hcs it's just we we when we became hcs we exaggerated it more that's all um do you have any like crazy stories from i7 days like uh, like shows or and like or like what were your some of your favorite venues and Oh geez, um, well, I, I barely remember five minutes ago, much less back then. <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know what what would be entertaining stories. I mean, there's 
you know, I try to, <laughs> yeah, what's entertaining to me might not be entertaining to other people. Like, Oh, there's the time we, uh, like, you know, the, the, the guy, uh, swung on Stephanie in new Orleans and we all kicked his ass, you know, some squite ass. <laughs> and it was it's a very unifying moment. And, um, but you know, but then there's, you know, but there's a the time we were, uh, driving down, uh, the highway in uh, Utah, um, at like 88 miles per hour with the submachine, um, trading porn between the two vans, um, <laughs> from window to window. This would be DVDs or VHS. <laughs> I think it was magazines actually. Oh, okay. Um, so you see how old we are. Um, back in my day. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. There's just, there's, there's a ton. It just, again, I need people to spark my memory. There's lots of stories, of course, uh, particularly with all the time <laughs> going back 25 years. So, but yeah, there's, there's, and the favorite venues, I mean, wetlands was for, for I seven yeah. um, was of course always a favorite. Um, um, but also the hometown venues, um, you know, uh, the ones we miss, you know, like the melody bar. Um, it was small, but it was, it was our spot, you know, yeah. um, um, the court tavern, which, you know, still exists in name, but, doesn't really exist, if you know what I mean. Okay. So, under um, new ownership, I guess. Yeah, it's been under new ownership, but it just then the nail finally went in the coffin uh, last year. Okay. You know, right after uh, right after uh, HCS filmed uh, filmed uh, our first video there. Okay. We did a show there, filmed a video there, and then uh, and then uh, yeah, the nail got, got got put in the coffin on that spot. So. Yeah, Coney Island High was a good one too that I remember. That. I don't know. Coney Island High in New York City was yeah. outstanding. That was one of our favorite places to play as well. And now it's like, I don't know what the hell it is, a retail shop or something. Well, the, all, all of uh, all of Manhattan. All, all of the village and Lower East Side is all a retail shop now. So, yeah. So you, you, want to, you might as well just go to the mall instead of going to New York City. Might as well go to Greenwich or Princeton or something. <laughs> Speaking of Coney Island High, Coney Island High uh, I have a Pilfer's bootleg. It's on YouTube of uh, of of the record release show. And I think you're, you were there in the crowd, I think. And at one point you jumped, you jumped on the stage. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Balloons or something as tits or something. I'm like, so, oh. uh, yeah, I was, that was, I was drunk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember that pilfer show and, and coolly asked for all the girls that get up and say, all the ladies get up on stage. I think so, it was like for what's new. Yeah. Or something. like I that. I was being progressive. That's all. And <laughs> I got up there with the ladies. Um, As a lady. Like since the '90s, though, you've been like Inspector Seven and Mephiscopheles have always played shows together. It was like if Mephiscopheles was playing, I'm like, oh, Inspector Seven's. There's there was one show uh, Meph played, I think, in Newburgh. I think it was at the Avalon or Skate Park, and then I don't even think you guys were on the bill. And then like we show up to, at the at the skate park, and you guys were playing. <laughs> I'm like, well, what is, who knows? Yeah, it's like I don't know what it is, but it was last like, minute setup show. <laughs> Yeah, and you guys are still like that. You guys just played TNEC at the Debonair, Debonair Music Hall, and well, there's you know you you form certain bonds with with certain bands. You know, some bands yeah. you wind up as you know mortal enemies with, and others you wind up as lifelong <laughs> friends with. You know, those those are our droogies, man. You know, them. You know, the Squared Ats, obviously. You know, we had a yeah. relationship with them. If if they were still playing, they we'd still be playing with them all the time. I mean, that's that's a bond that never would have. Uh, gone anywhere is you know and we're so uh you know so for, well chuck chuck lives in jersey now oh. so so well can't you you know see if you can get them to play at least one reunion show <laughs> you think that hasn't been attempted already <laughs> yeah there's a lot of factors in play there i mean and 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 just them literally being all over the planet at this point yeah is is one of them i mean at one point they were on three different continents when chuck was living in asia and the johns were in europe and Garner was in New York and, and Dustin, Justin was in um, Florida or Kansas or uh, Montana, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's uh, logistically alone. It's an issue, much less with, you know, other other things behind the scenes. So just got to schedule it two years in advance, I guess. <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah, it, it, people try, but, you know, it's it's. It's to no avail. I think it came close once, or, or it was they were they were actually talking about it at least, and then and then it just it tanked. So oh, okay. who knows? Listen, keep hope alive. You never know. Yeah, if people and keep the, a nagging it, them, maybe they will. You know. You know in the meantime, we'll just keep playing Squared Hat songs. Like, 
Yeah, I, I was going to mention that you guys you cover them, so it's, it's, I'm happy that you're at least doing that. Listen, any of my friends' bands that won't get back together and play, we'll, we'll play the songs for them until they get back together. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep the fire warm. So, I mean, so so after Inspector 7 kind of kind of stopped touring and stuff, you started Hub City Stompers because you just you had still the itch to keep doing, doing Yeah, music. it was just, it was weird. It was, it was hot. I, I understand that, like, you know, there's a whole... 90s boom and you know the, a lot of people are riding that wave including inspector seven and and um you know crashed kind of fast at, at the end of the uh end of the century there yeah <laughs> and uh end of the millennium and um i don't know everyone just i don't know that it felt not for me but for some of the other people it seemed like more of a, a chore and uh a drag almost. It's like they wanted to keep doing it, but you know, kind of like at their convenience. And I don't know, some people just straight up just got tired of, of touring and everything just slowed down very slowly, slowly, slowly. It got to the point where we weren't even, not only were we not playing shows by, you know, 2001, but we weren't even practicing really. It was just, it was weird. Like, yeah. And I was like, well, what's going on? Are we still going here? Or what? Uh, all our friends are still playing and some of our friends weren't. So may maybe there was the illusion that everything was just kind of dead, but, um, but I don't know. People just, they, nobody was into it. No one was talking to each other about, you know, getting together to play. And I was like, well, is that it? Are we fizzling out? Can we at least have like a last show or something? And, yeah. and, and there was nothing. I was just kind of like flatlined. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. All right. I guess I'll, I, I want to keep going. You know, I, I like, I like what this is. I, I want to keep going. So, um, so I and, and, and Scucci and um, Dustin DK and there's a few a few of the um, uh, people who were in I-7 at the time got together. And then um, we had uh, Adam X. Um, we uh, decided to, I'm going to I decided I'm going to seek out and try to put together a new band. I talked to them to see who felt like playing and who'd still be down and uh and so i had them we reached out to uh, our, our former i7 uh member chris jefferson um and i was literally trying to hunt hunt people down like like i was I'd, our, our base the first bass player we had uh chris finnegan i i was a driver for um for mail services for Rutgers university and i was literally driving on george street and i saw this dude with a he was walking down with like a stand-up bass and all these like punk and ska patches on his jacket. I was like, literally stop the band and like, yeah, exactly. So, um, and, uh, by the summer of, uh, 2002, uh, had a lineup and started writing stuff. And you did know, Jenny join going. the band right away or no? Um, so initially, um, initially it was, uh, God, I'm trying to remember. We had uh, Mike Ambrose, um, Adam X, who actually started out on drums and then moved to um, guitar. Um, Scucci, Dustin DK, um, Chris Finnegan, Joffe, uh, that's what we call Chris Jefferson. Um, and so that was, we had, uh, oh, and uh, uh, um, John Pizzuto from New York City actually was in, in the initial initial lineup, and then um, within that first year, I think that's who recorded. So if we we recorded like probably within months of forming, we recorded that first version of uh, Night of the Living, which was on that Megalith sampler, that huge Megalith sampler that that uh, right. that they put out when when Megalith first formed. It's like still standing, still standing yeah. compilation, yeah. and I was shocked that uh, they needed four CDs to fit all the bands on it, and I was like, what? I was like, really? Is this this many bands actually still playing, or is it just bands that were around that want to seem like they're still? I was I was confused. I was like, there's so many bands playing. Why is Scott so dead at this at that point? It seemed. And uh, like I said, I knew Scott was dead. I didn't I didn't really care. I, just, I wanted to again. I played for the love of the music, not the popularity of it. So and and so I found the like minds from I seven that, that wanted to join me in that. We kept going. Um, I could have, by all in intents and purposes, still called it Inspector Seven, you know. Yeah. But I didn't want to do that. I did. I, I felt that would, you know, I don't know. 
Because you weren't like the original member, so I guess you didn't have some type of. Yeah, it just it would have seemed not as I don't know. It just would have seemed a douche move without certain people. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it had been only a year since we kind of stopped playing, and you know I'm gonna call Inspector Seven out. You know Quincy and you know Stephanie and Predator and I don't know Boxcar and it 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 wasn't and it wasn't. I was I was looking to do something kind of you know different anyway. I was looking to have some some distinction. Anyway, I wanted to obviously keep, as you can tell, the same kind of spirit and theme and stuff going on, but but also with some distinction. So I didn't want it to be like Inspector 7-2 or Inspector 8 or, you know. Um, but uh, Scucci is actually the person who came up with the idea to call it Hub City Stompers. Like, well, we don't have to call it Inspector 7, but uh-huh. obviously it's a directly related, you know, uh, concept, yeah. you know, and we were all a, a, a we were all called that crew at, w- at one point in 1992 and 1993 and 1994. And we wrote the song about it in Inspector 7, you know, or I wrote the song about it. And me, me and Scoochie wrote that song. And um, so he said, let's call it the Hub City Stompers. You know, that's our song. We wrote it. And it's directly related to I-7, but it's not I-7. I said, okay. So uh, we, we ran with that name. Um, so it was around 2004 when we had the first kind of, kind of major lineup change because I – you know, things were going well enough, but I wanted to get back to touring like I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And um, but not everyone could tour, you know, some some people are actually growing up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I was I, I was, you know, I guess by by that point, I, I was too. I was having my first kid was 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 soon to be uh, coming and I was, you know, settling into my job at Rutgers and stuff, but I, I, I just didn't want to stop playing music. I didn't want to stop touring. So, but, but some of the people couldn't do the, the tour schedule I was looking for. So we, you know, peacefully parted ways and, um, and that's when, uh, reggae Bob and Jetty whiskey and Maddie Glock, uh, came into the fold. Um, not necessarily in that order, but, um, or maybe it wasn't that order. I don't know. But, um, uh, that was the, lineup in uh fall of 2004 that's we had kind of had that big lineup change and uh that was the core lineup for 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 a long time actually you know Mm -hmm. i mean ambrose stayed stayed in there for a while before he left and i mean there was even a time when we were a a five piece we played as as, as just a five piece which is uh the five of us um um oh of course i don't know how i failed to to mention nuno rodriguez the green goblin uh um after after Adam had a had a short stint on on drums and then Nuno took over and Adam switched the guitar and uh, was he on horn sometimes too? Now he's supposed to guitar, um, but uh, he you know Nuno was was our uh, drummer from 2004 up till about you know 2012. So, but that was the core lineup for a while. That's I mean that's uh, that lineup on uh, you know Mass Peel, Dirty Jersey, you know. Um, that was that was that was a very defining lineup for 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 a long time. So then you put out a few albums, and then and then Inspe- Inspector Seven came back kind of again for a few years. Well, we um, it, Inspector Seven started having quote unquote reunion shows. Yeah, you know the actual line above Inspector Seven started having reunion shows in um, of the in two thousand and three. You know, with the, the the lineup of the people who I said I wouldn't want to call it Inspector Seven without. They, you know, yeah. they'd get back together. And sometimes, you know, not everyone was in the way we'd have to find a fill in here and there. But for the most part it was, you know, it was I seven. And so we were starting starting in two thousand three, um, you know, Giuseppe was approaching us about doing uh, lineup shows, uh, lineup shows, or reunion shows. Um so we did about uh we get together do like one or two a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mostly local, maybe one in New Jersey, one in New York City. You did you Apple know. Stomp. You played with Meth, I think, before Hurricane on a boat in 2012. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, but we we had started, we'd been doing them since 2003. Since then, I mean, I think oh, we okay. did. One, I for, for forget where the first one was. It was Red Bang. We we do them at um, the old um, Knitting Factory in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and they were they were great. There was you know oh cool Inspector Seven again and you know and then that was also about the time where things were kind of you know coming back and picking up again in the early 2000s, uh, early, early and mid 2000s with, you know, a lot of new bands forming and stuff is particularly in New Jersey. And, um, so, um, we kept that pattern. We kept doing that and, you know, every couple of years. And at the same time though, hub city was, you know, growing in prominence and popularity and doing our thing and touring and putting out records and everything. 
And then um, it was probably around uh, 2011, 2012. 2012, I think, is when he, Giuseppe had, had asked me prior a couple of times to – you want to bring the band back full time. And I was just like, well, I'm in hub city full time. That's not, I'm not gonna be able to, to swing yeah. that. And I said, and I don't even think we can sustain full time. I mean, we kind of petered out for a reason, you know, I mean, everyone, you can even get anyone to practice. Like how, how are we going to be full time now? You know? Um, and then around, uh, it's probably around the time Nuno was, was, was leaving, um, HCS. He was, he was, um, you know, having a, a kid and starting his family and everything. And, and, uh, you know, Giuseppe asked me another time. I don't know what, how many times this was, but I, I said, well, I said, um, the only way that I could pull this off, you know, I mean, I've been doing you know, HCS for like 10 years now. So the only way I can pull this off is if, um, I don't know, there's still some sort of HCS element involved. I, I'm not going to, I can't ditch this whole lineup here and be like, all right, bye guys. I'm going to do I seven. Um, I can't ditch 10 years of material that I've been writing. I mean, yeah. HCS had 10 years of traction going. What am I just going to be like, all right, buy HCS. And it's just so I can be, you know, call my band I seven again. Like I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I had barely gone over those initial terms and he was like, Oh yeah, yeah it's fine. It's great. Like he was, <laughs> he was all about it. He just, he just wanted to have inspector seven back, you know? So, um, so, all right. We, we, when we talked for most of the summer of, of 2012, trying to figure things out and see if it would work. And I was pretty specific about what I would need and, you know, what we should do and, and this and that. And he seemed very on board. So that's when we had that, that kind of redux in, uh, in, uh, 2013, okay. you know, uh, at the end of 2012, we announced, okay, well, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, we're going to kind of have this fusion and, and, and it's all going to be under the name inspector seven. But if you think about it and, and look at what it was, it was essentially like, it was essentially a Giuseppe joining HCS, and we were calling it I seven. So it was the two of us back together. Um, but it was most of the lineup was 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 still uh, you know HCS. Um, so um, so that was literally the only way I I was going to be able to do it. And again, he was all on board. And and in retrospect, obviously, it's just like well, I mean, it's ironic that I went and did that when originally I didn't want to call inspector seven because there weren't certain people involved, you know? Yeah. And so from the get go, it felt kind of weird. Um, it was tight, sounded great. It was wonderful. Um, and on paper, it sounded like a wonderful idea because we, it's like, wow, HCS and I seven combined with super band, you know, but it just, it didn't work. It, that's literally how it felt. It felt like Giuseppe on stage with HCS singing I seven songs and HCS songs and, you know, and then, um, you know, just on, on, as far as what we agreed to, a lot of things were, <laughs> weren't agreed to suddenly and, <laughs> you know, went back on, um, he didn't like to use the term HCS and promo, which hurt, you know, yeah. advertisement and promotion. Like, why wouldn't you want to draw from this fan base? And, you know, it was like a bad word. It was like saying Voldemort in front of him. You couldn't say Hub City Stompers. <laughs> it was, it was insane. And that and a whole bunch of other personality conflicts and, and stuff, you know, I'd been working with him for decades i know i i know g but you know other people were kind of newer to him in his ways and mm. so by by around august 2013 i knew it was like this this isn't gonna happen you know this isn't gonna work and and also again there was the initial issue of the authenticity of it you know and calling it inspector seven is this really inspector seven so but again by halfway through the year around august i was just like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna last this isn't gonna this i'm not gonna make it this this isn't going to be a sustained thing. So I sat down, had a conversation with him at the end of the year and essentially told him, I can't speak for everyone else. I don't know what everyone else is doing. I'm going back to, I'm going to do Hub City Stompers. Um, like I've been doing, like I never stopped playing my inspect the Inspector 7 songs that I wrote and composed. I mean, from the get-go, I was playing those in Hub City Stompers. I never stopped. I haven't, I've played those songs for 25 years. I always have. I always will. I gave him the heads up on that. It's no big issue. No, no problem. You know, we had a nice conversation about it, you know, and I said, uh, you, you do what you will, but I'm going to keep doing uh, HCS. And then everyone had the individual choice of what they wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, they didn't want to stay with I call it I seven. They didn't want to go back to HCS and the whole lined up went up. They wound up coming with me. It's like, I want all the kids in the divorce. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so in, 
you know, 2014, we came back as HCS again and, and that's never happening again. And, um, you know, and again, I, I, when, when that first happened in 2013, I, I talked to some of the original I7 members who were kind of put off by it. And I did, I saw their point, you know, mm-hmm. um, and th- they had a point, like I said, I, from the get go, I felt weird. Like, eh, is this really I7? Um, so to that end though, he, he went on to, I guess, find other new people and keep calling it I7. And Yeah. I noticed, you yeah, know, he's playing with like Django and some other people. Yeah. It's been a whole, yeah, it's been like kind of a revolving lineup since then, but, um, so whatever, I mean, that's that. And I mean, is it, bad bl- is, it, is it bad blood or is it like, I mean, well, it wasn't at first, but then I kept hearing things, you know, he, he refuses to be on the same bill as us, yeah. um, other more, you know, more personal digs at the band, you know, mm-hmm. um, all kinds, you know, I, I, stuff gets back to me. And I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, when we would see each other at shows, we'd be cool. And then, you know, um, he asked me to even play one or one or two times where I had schedule complex. I, I, I couldn't do, mm-hmm. but also it wasn't, again, I'd get back together and call it I7 if it was actually I7. I'd do the, that. I, I would do yeah. that today. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If it was the right thing, what's going on now? Do I see it as I7? No, I don't personally, but Hey, what, who knows? Perception's perception. People want to go, see what's called i7 and go, go for it um I, i'm still let's I, I hope it doesn't look too silly you know i'm still playing all the i7 songs that i ever played um so um so yeah it, it wasn't supposed to be this weird contentious thing but it, it did kind of get there yeah so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't have to tell you it's it's you know i have i, I have a question I don't, like- I don't care about it that much i mean i just you know yeah i have a question like how did you guys get your song in the wolf of wall street um so the fellow from our former uh record radical records okay um contacted me about that actually um we had put we we recorded that song uh a long time ago actually i think it was like in the late 90s or something it was for a uh a, like a compilation a, a compilation on cleopatra records okay and it was must have been a, a madness tribute or something like that yeah and, and we drew one step beyond. And I remember actually Giuseppe was, <laughs> was upset um, that we picked one step beyond and he actually refused to go to the studio that day. Um, Cause he wasn't singing on it or. Well, because you know, I, I kind of understood his point. He's like, Oh, we're, you know, we have two singers and we're picking an instrumental song to do to put on this <laughs> compilation. Like what the hell? So he was pissed off about it and he, he didn't even go to the studio that day we recorded it. Um, and uh, that's, um, and I just, I went to the studio, but I didn't really get on. I did some pick it ups or whatever, you know. yeah. but that's Gucci. That's Gucci's voice who you hear. Okay. Um, doing the intro in the, in the beginning, you know, the, um, you know, the, the rocking his hub city beat of inspector seven, one step. Yeah. That's uh that's Gucci doing the intro. Um, so that was on the Cleopatra comp and that was that, um, I think I heard it played like in Starbucks once or twice over the years and, and, and stuff. And I don't know what became of it, but, and then, uh, and then, yeah, all of a sudden, I think it was Brian, Brian from uh, Radical Records called me and be like, hey, uh, you know, I, I don't even remember how they came across it or. Like, why didn't you just ask Madness? It was some catalog. <laughs> well, that was, well, that's the thing. How did A, how they come across that song and B, how they come across our version of it and C, why did they want our version of it? Yeah. You know, it was, I was, I was perplexed, but. I was like, yeah, that, that'd be great. And when he first, he said, oh, you want to, you know, talking about one of our, our songs being in a movie. And I thought he wanted an actual Inspector Seven song and it was going to be in some like indie flick. Yeah. Right. That's that was that's where, you know, when I found out what it was actually for a Martin Scorsese film and it was our cover of uh, of One Step Beyond, I was like, huh? So they want a cover of a cover <laughs> for this Martin Scorsese flick. I'm like, this is like, dang, this is science fiction. What's what's going on? But obviously I was all about it because, it's it, you know, it was, yeah. it was a wonderful thing. Um, it, the irony of that is that, you know, all that came together as you know, Giuseppe and I were parting ways, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and everything, you know. And so um, I guess that helped the the new, new version of, of, of I-7 as well, as far as getting the name out there. But, um, but yeah, that just came together very, very bizarrely. It was, it was, it yeah, was that odd. Weird. So, but hey, so be it. Yeah. So you guys released your new album last year, Haters Dozen. That was, I mean, I think it's the best album to date. I love Keeper's Phantom. Um, 
were you are you guys you i thought i saw you guys you were recording stuff this in the spring are you guys doing a new album soon already or yeah um so we're uh we're looking to release this year mm -hmm. um basically a 15 year anniversary acknowledgement of um uh our first album blood sweat and beers Okay. We're going to call it blood, sweat, and years. Now, initially, um, you know, since we, we have our megaliths, our first three records we have now, uh, we have um, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Beers, Mass Appeal, and Dirty Jersey, since megaliths kind of like no more in the sense of distributing other bands and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's all ours. Um, so initially, I was just thinking, oh, let's just re, you know, just re release it, maybe remaster it, the, the old one, you know, this and that. But I was like, well, in, two things i was like a the way we perform those songs live sounds so much different now with this lineup and everything and you know it's just it's very tight and i don't know it just sounds different b the production of last year's record made me think twice too i was just like what if we like re-recorded all the songs yeah. with the way that album sounded it's like can you imagine so i was that's what we decided to do so we're re-recording re-recording most of the songs um you know, most we selected some, not, not all the songs, but most of them are going to be on there. Plus all the mass appeal songs are going to be on there. Plus some, um, unreleased stuff, some new and unreleased stuff that cool. put on there. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very cool. We're looking to get it out, you know, this year, fall or winter. Are you going to do the same label as last year? Or yes. Yes. It's also going to be on altercation. Yep. Okay. Is so that, that's what we're is that your own label or is that? No, that is not our own. Oh, definitely I'm, not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's run out of uh, well, it's upstate New York and in Austin, but uh, okay, it's not our label. Yeah, we've we've we uh we worked with them on some live shows and stuff in the past. This guy Travis Travis Myers, uh, the the East Coast uh, contact, uh, he ran a couple of venues we worked with and did some comps and stuff. And he's you know he's he's a good guy, good guy to work with. So we we had that conversation about a, what a year and a half ago, two years ago, and and. Uh, I'm glad we did because uh, Haters Dozen was the result. So. Have you ever done a live album before? No, we've talked about it about a hundred times. Yeah, Reggae Bob's ready. He's he's ready to do a, a live album. <laughs> he has it all planned out, the sound, everything. He has his, he has it plotted, it, and he, but he's continually frustrated. We we, we haven't done it yet. Um, it's inevitable. We have to do a live album sometime. It'd be fun. It's just a, the live show is fun, and yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, shenanigans and interaction and stuff that happens i think should be captured as well um all right since we're kind of winding down here i think we got to get to bed soon but um <laughs> um so what do you have in terms of tour dates for the rest of the year or for the summer and fall well the summer we're, we're staying uh you know we, we did that west coasting and we're staying kind of northeasty mm -hmm. for most of the summer um you know we have radix fest on friday um which is a doozy, which we're thrilled about. Um, yeah, and then we, every day that you get all these bands together for one in Manhattan too. Yeah. What, what year is it again? What? Yeah. Jeez, go figure. Yeah, it's not even in Brooklyn. It's in Manhattan. Go figure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have uh, Trenton, Mill Hill Basement in Trenton. Um, we have uh, actually we're playing one of uh, Travis Myers, the altercation guy. His, uh, we're playing uh, his club Snapper McGee's up in Kingston, New York. Okay. And then speaking of throwbacks, we are playing with Bim Scala Bim up in Ithaca at the Haunt I've been on there. Saturday yep. the third. Yeah, I haven't been there in years, but uh, that's going to be fun. Did it move? Because I f feel like it used to be like in downtown, like Ithaca. I have not been to the Haunt since my sister went to college there. Yeah. In, up in Ithaca, and I caught some shows there. I, I, think it's bigger, I saw Bigger Thomas up there, actually, I believe, if I'm not it's, mistaken, back then. My first time was, because I, I went to school in Keystone College outside of Scranton, so we would drive the two hours up that way, and then we saw Mephiscopheles once, so we were hanging out with Brendog at the bar one time, and <laughs> and then and then we saw the Pilfers there, and then we ended up, my idiot brother drove over the parking lot side uh, sidewalk and busted our oil pans, we got stuck in Ithaca. <laughs> Well, it's a very nice town to get stuck in. <laughs> yeah. Tell you yeah. That much. And parents had to drive three hours yet, I guess. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but we have those going on. We're playing Midwest Live and Loud Fest in uh, Chicago at the Cobra Lounge on Labor Day weekend. Uh, that's Saturday, the, uh, what, August 31st, I think that is. 
yeah, um, around that time. Yeah. So that's 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 a, that's always an amazing show. All three nights. Uh, well, the, even the the, the the pre-show on Thursday, and then all three nights are always like awesome. Those guys do, a, Fear City guys do a great job out there. Um, and then we'll have some more Northeast stuff. Rochester, New York. Um, playing with the toasters at the uh, the Chamonix Creek Brewery. Uh, we're playing an altercation fest up in Poughkeepsie. Uh, just yeah, hit up our event page. And Where in Poughkeepsie? Oh, it's, uh, it's not the chance though, right? It's no, it's not. It's, 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 I think it's at like actually a Mexican place that does shows. Um, oh, okay. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but, uh, I think it's Sunday, to, Sunday the 15th of uh, September. Okay. Um, so, and then, uh, we're going to England. Right. I was going to ask about Specialized, that, yeah. um, November 8th, Friday, November 8th, we'll be playing uh, Specialized, uh, the, big, the big one eight. Yes, they are. Yes, we're you got two of the members in the band, so you guys, you guys. Hey, I know, nice, easy travel, right? Now you guys are like, now it's like the MEF Inspector Inspector 7 thing. Now it's Rupert George and Hub City Stompers, because you guys got the same. Well, we just, like, <laughs> what's that? We, we have bands either playing in. I mean, we have members playing in or supporting so many bands. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Yeah, we'll see some ATS and Pie Tasters, Mef, Rude Boy George. <laughs> yeah, we're everywhere. Are you guys we're doing a expecting. song for Specialized for the newest? Yes, we are. Which one are they? What are they covering this year? Oh gosh, I don't know if I want to tell you or just want to w- wait because it, it it directly it it'll be a direct uh, irony to this interview. Oh yeah. So part of me wants to tell you, and part of me wants to just let people wait and see what we do. <laughs> I'd say wait. I say wait and see. Wait and see what what two tone song are we gonna do? One step beyond. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Can you imagine that if we did that? Hmm. Hmm. That'd be that'd be crazy, huh? All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's a big. <laughs> oh, spot and Mexico. Oh, we're gonna play Scott. We're gonna play Sky Wars Mexico in December. Too. Oh, okay. Cool. Monterey and uh, Mexico City. So that's gotta be fun. Nice way to close out the year. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, thanks a lot for doing this. We finally got. A chance oh wait, to... one last thing. Oh wait, 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 wait. I, I, now that I'm on the podcast, I'm going to refute Cooley Rank's assertion <laughs> that Roger and I dropped the ball on the New Jersey show. That's baloney. Oh, you listen? I have the, I have the yes, I listen. <laughs> I have the email thread. I referred you guys to the venues as as was suggested, and then nothing came of it. Yeah. Roger and I dropped no ball. I wanted to state that for the record. The venue, Cooley, the, I'll, the venue Cooley I'll see you Friday. <laughs> Yeah, Radix Fest, Gramercy Theater, be there. It's going to be off the chain. It's going to be off the cheese nips. If only if we can figure out the right fucking set times. I think we got to figure it out, okay? Doors are at six. That's all you need to know. Pofers aren't there in 12 hours. <laughs> they, well, can you imagine now? Well, Cooley does talk a lot. I was going to say, uh, they're not going to play 12 hours. Who are they, HCS? <laughs> all right, man. Thanks a lot for doing this. All right, my man. I will see you Friday. All right, see ya. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks.